Well, good afternoon and thank you for joining me again. Julian Campbell here with Business, The Law and You. And we've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, we'll have a look at a Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, give people options when pitching new ideas. We're also hopefully going to have our chat with Christina on uh, the uh, three more innovation types but uh, we had trouble getting her earlier on the mobile phone coverage but we'll see what we do but right now we're going to have a chat with tony vidray from av chartered accountants about car expenses good afternoon tony hi julian how are you i'm well thank you thanks for joining us again Um, no trouble with this phone line no that one's good (laughs) (laughs) up in the hunter valley somewhere she is and um, okay yeah yeah mobile phone coverage up there is always a bit dodgy so uh, we're, ca- we're talking about cars. Car expenses going to get the uh, bloat, or car expenses have always been under the microscope with the tax office, though, haven't they? Yeah, look, it's been one of those things that they they like to um, you know have a look at every now and again. I think it's probably one of the it's one of the softest areas in the in the in the tax act because um, people think that. Um, that they, they're automatically entitled to um, some tax deductions and there's a lot of money that's at stake there um, but um, it's also probably an area where, where there are some pretty strict rules and people do actually make mistakes. There's a lot of misunderstanding around you know, what can and can't be claimed but um, they're, they're getting a little bit concerned about the, the blowout in the, in the number of claims. So to give you an idea, based on their analysis of their, uh, their, their own internal systems there, last year, this is June 17, 3.5 million people made a work-related claim for car expenses and in total it, they, um, they claimed $8.8 billion in oh. car expenses. All right? yeah. So there's a lot of money there and a lot of people claiming those sort of things. Now, they're not suggesting that people are doing the wrong thing, um, but um, I, I have actually seen... Um, some interesting things um, that over the uh, over the years. So I can suggest to you that some people are definitely doing the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, to give you an idea of one that that um, I ended up having to, to send this particular gentleman elsewhere. Um, what had happened was he had a company car, and um, he also was claiming um, kilometres as well. And when I start, we started to inquire, um, you know, as to the you know. How could you? How could you? you know, do both. Have to have do both, and um, well, that's what we've always done, and that's what I want to keep doing. And I yeah. pointed out to him, well, you can't actually do that. That's actually fraud. So, so these are the sort of things that they want to try and um, and cut down on. So, um, to so, yep, so you've got the uh, up to five thousand kilometres uh, where you just claim the uh, the, the kilometres times the uh, was it sixty five cents. Yep. You were saying to me earlier, a lot of people just go straight for that five thousand. Yeah, and, and this is another interesting statistics too that they've pulled out of the database that there, over 800,000 people have claimed exactly 5,000 kilometres. Now, again, they're, they're not suggesting it's all wrong, but it does sort of raise questions as to, um, you know, are people just putting in these arbitrary um, claims? Because, the, and again, the language is fairly circular in, in, its, um, in the way they describe it. They... Um, they're saying that you don't have to keep records if you keep under 5,000 kilometres. But the ATO then turned around and said, well, you still have to justify 5, your claim. Yeah, that's it. And even, you know, 
the substantiation for anything under three hundred dollars, you know, which was introduced back in nineteen eighty six, um, it's pretty clear in the legislation that it says you don't have to provide legislation. But the ATO are now saying, well, you still have to prove um, that you know you've incurred the expenditure. So you can't just automatically, you know, claim three hundred dollars. You can't automatically just claim five thousand kilometres. And as I point out to people, five thousand business kilometres is a hundred kilometres per week and it's a lot of kilometres travelling you know on business considering that you know one of the automatic um, private trips is driving from home to work now when you exclude that and you then say well once you get to work and then you're driving around or you know you're one of these itinerant workers it's still a lot of kilometres that that, um, that need to be um, that need to be um, justified so, so, um, so as of uh, you go so what would someone do they would uh, keep a diary record of where they're going yeah, look, at the end of the day, yeah, there's two ways of claiming motor vehicle expenses. One is a logbook where you actually go and buy, you know, one of your newsagent logbooks or one of the electronic versions where you log all of the kilometres, or you do keep some sort of a record. Um, look, electronic diaries are, uh, are becoming more and more popular, and I think in the sort of, you know, these days of Big Brother, Big Brother and that sort of um, the concept of metadata, you know, like I've got a diary there, you know, for example, my 2012 diary, you know, that, that's that's still sitting somewhere electronically within our backup system. Mm. If I go in there right now and change it, if I say, oh, now I want to go and and, um, and dodge it up to um, to increase the kilometres, I'm going to get caught out with all the metadata because yeah. at the end of the day, the ATA, the ATA can go to my IT people and say, well, give me a copy of that diary as to how it looked back in 2012 and compare it to what it looks like today. Um, and, um, you know, there's, there's been some false entries. So if you're keeping a diary in live time and you're not going to fiddle with it, then, yeah, that, that's that's part of the backup evidence that you can say, well, here's all my appointments and here's where I, how, how I went to it and this is how I claimed my, you know, 5,000 kilometres. Mm. Um, so it's, look, at the end of the day, they're, they're cracking down. I, I'm not a huge fan of... Um, of trying to you know, justify things in hindsight, I think people need to sit down and say, "Well, this is what I actually did for the, you know, for the for the twelve months." And as we know, business um, changes. You know, the client that you have today is different to the client you had two years ago, and your pattern of travel um, changes. It can't mm. be exact, you know, two years in a row. Mm. Um, and and one of the other ones too that people say, oh, "I just just claim, you know, what I can get away with." Mm. Which is always well. What does that mean? Like, it, it, there's no, there's no arbitrary or safe harbour. Yeah, there's no, there's no safe harbour with this stuff. You, you, you need to be able to, to come up with, you know, some form of, of evidence as to how, you know, which business, how much, you know, in your business kilometres that, that you've done. So, um, at the end of the day, the onus is on the taxpayer to prove it. So, uh, um, they're really having, uh, and as I've said, they're putting the blowtorch on it this year. And the way that um, we've all seen the, the, the robo type letters that settlement have set out, the ATO do exactly the same thing. They use the same computer system. They will just <laughs> robo-send out um, letters saying, look, you know, you've claimed um, X amount of kilometres, um, please justify it, send in how you, how you arrived at these figures. Is this going to be more uh, personal tax returns or is this business tax returns? Which, or is it a combination these are, these of yeah, look, a co- probably a combination of both, but this is more um, personal return. So mm. there's a particular label in the return where, you know, where you claim motor vehicle expenses. You've got to say, well, what method are you claiming it under? So this is all uh, mainly personal return. So mm. it's it's not hard for them to send out the please explain letters and, um, and um, yeah, please explain how you arrived at these figures. So, again... We're just starting a new financial year, so before you do, it right. you do your June 18 return, yeah, make sure you've got all, all your uh, all your ducks in a row. Great. Thanks very much for your time, Tony. We'll uh, have a chat with you again next month. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Julian. Bye. Tony Vidray there from AV Chartered Accountants. Yes, uh, 
be careful of uh, claiming those tax those are, well anything you're claiming on tax just make sure you've got some evidence and unfortunately we haven't been able to get hold of Christina this afternoon so uh, I thought we might just have a quick chat about Facebook and what Facebook's doing particularly for business point of view because uh, uh, many years ago or a few years ago people used to swear by Facebook uh, it was a great uh, marketing tool uh, which virtually didn't cost a lot of dollars um, but over the last few years it started to tighten up as far as business is concerned and in fact uh, Mark Zuckerberg back in uh, January this year said that uh, one of our big focus areas for 2018 is making sure the time we all spend on Facebook is time well spent um, and he says we built Facebook to help people stay connected and bring us closer together with the people that matter to us. That's why we've always put friends and family at the core of the experience. And research shows that strengthening our relationships improves our well-being and happiness. But recently we've gotten feedback from our community that public uh, counter, uh, content posts for businesses, brands and media is crowding out the personal moments that lead us to connect more with each other. So his focus there was saying, well, you know, businesses are starting to take over Facebook a little bit here. We want to limit it. So in earlier this year, they introduced algorithms which do start to uh, punish businesses a little bit in terms of, okay, you might have a lot of likes, but only something like 2% of your likes are actually receiving the posts that you're putting together and sending out. So, I mean, does that mean that uh, basically uh, Facebook is dead for business? Well, the answer is no. Um, what it really means is uh, Facebook is prioritising comments and conversations over shameless promotion. They're trying to reduce the level of marketing spam brands are putting out there. And uh, they're trying to, of course, get people to pay for advertising. So uh, they're things that we have to be aware of and this uh, new algorithm is certainly going to make sure that conversations are happening. So uh, what can we do? Well, we could ask questions. Uh, whilst we can't ask spe specific questions like uh, share with us or make comments, we can pose questions that are spam-free that encourage some sort of response. The other big focus of Facebook at the moment is to uh, put uh, things onto video. Uh, Facebook loves video content and uh, there's going to be more and more focus on the uh, video. Of course, you can do uh, live videos as, as well as uh, other, other videos and uh, there's going to be a focus coming up towards uh, focusing in on uh, video advertising as well. So... Uh, we want, that's one area we can be looking at. The other thing is to be aware of uh, what we're posting. Make sure that we're, we're posting things that are, are valuable. And uh, uh, the other area that we've got to be careful of is that we don't keep just sending people straight back to our, face, our website. Facebook doesn't really approve and like linked posts. Uh, so we've just got to be mindful that we don't do that too much. So... Facebook, I think, for a business point of view, is still a valuable tool. It just means that we've got to be careful how we use it. And, of course, uh, if it does really work for us, if our target market is, uh, is on Facebook and using Facebook frequently, then consider some sort of advertising on it. Time for a Harvard Business Review tip. This one is give people options when pitching a new idea. 
people often prefer to use comparisons to evaluate a choice rather than judging one opinion in isolation. Trying to determine if a vendor's quote is fair, get some other bids. So you can use this to your advantage when trying to persuade someone to accept your idea or buy your product. For example, if you're presenting a business plan for a new product to your board, first review the products you've decided not to pursue. Doing so gives your audience different options to consider while giving you a reputation as someone who supports open decision-making. This doesn't mean you should invent uh, lousy alternatives to make your idea appear more impressive. Instead, it's a way to guide your audience through your own decision-making process, what you've tested, why something worked or didn't work, while making a more convincing case for your idea Providing testimonials can also achieve the same effect. And just time for one more. So uh, use data to tell better stories in your content marketing. Content marketers need to be good storytellers with data. A few best practices can help you. First, develop the story you want to tell by imagining the outcome you want. Centre your research on the goal. Let your marketing bias shape your research but make sure you are accurately reflecting your data set. Look for interesting patterns and find an angle that will be surprising to readers. Once you know your story, select the right format to tell it. Before presenting your analysis, articulate your key message and highlight one or two surprising, memorable numbers. Strike a balance between text and visuals and use human examples to translate numbers into a reliable story. Finally, conclude your analysis with recommendations or insights to clarify the relevance of your research to your readers. That might help you, of course, with the uh, Facebook we talked about earlier. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've uh, had a chat about uh, the uh, car expenses becoming, uh, getting the blowtorch treatment there from the ATO. In a moment, John Slaven will be back with you with more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll have our Minute on Innovation with Christina, if we can get hold of this next week. And, of course, some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And, as Robert Kirisaki once said, don't let the fear of losing be greater than the excitement of winning.